0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and this podcast brings you the audio experience of GameDev.TV. Now, let's get right into the podcast.
1: Hey, okay, cool. How are we doing? We're in the Hash AMO Live channel. It's Ben Tristram and Sam Patuzzi. How are you doing this evening, Sam?
2: I'm good. I am very good. Okay, Looking main... forward to answering some unreal questions. I'm actually like fully in unreal space at the moment. So very excited to see what you've got to throw my way, folks.
1: Awesome. So text questions go in the hash AMA Live Discord channel. And uh, we also have a spreadsheet full of other questions, which we will be uh, putting into the chat ourselves and answering. And we're going to give a little bit of precedence to those because, well, people have asked ahead of time. Uh, Should we just work backwards, Sam, make it easy on this thing? Oh, no, because it's people adding stuff on the end as we go. Uh, Where should we start? 17th? 16th? go with that one, Sam. So, yeah, question one. So... Can you all hear us, by the way? Just say say something in the hash AMA Live. Are we clear? Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Can you hear Sam? Yep, Hello. you're both clear.
3: Awesome. awesome.
1: Uh, what I can't do is type anything in the AMA Live channel and no, have the mission. There must be locks. We
2: can't type in the channel.
1: Oh, okay, I will see if I can, uh, give me two seconds, fix that basically, permissions. Um, Everyone can send messages. Let's try that, try that. Careful you have unsaved changes, but I'll save them. Try that, see if you can type in hash ma now. Whoa, boom. It seems seems to work. Fixed. (laughs) Monumentally fixed. Okay, question one then, I'll paste it in. Uh, It's gonna just disappear in the chat, but, To you, Sam, I think. How do I remember all the information taught about Unreal? I understand programming itself pretty well, but the thing that has lost me or has me lost with programming is Unreal. It's hard to absorb and remember a lot of the information. Are there certain practice techniques to have an easier time learning Unreal programming and not to be so overwhelmed? And that is from Ben Kilkowski, I think. So, Sam, what are your thoughts on that
2: yeah my first thoughts are um don't this isn't like learning a language you don't have to remember it on the spot with no help you're always connected to the internet um you can always go oh i don't quite remember how you're supposed to What's the syntax for creating, say, like a player controller, for example, an example from the project I'm currently working on? And if you don't remember it, that's absolutely fine. You just go and Google for it, and you find the information most of the time. So if it's a question of just, like, the the nitty-gritty, the nuts and bolts, then that would be my answer, basically. Hopefully Ben's here to hear the answer to that. Otherwise, he might be listening on the podcast.
1: Anything to add? I mean... (laughs) brains are funny things right they let certain stuff sticks around for years and years um especially if it came along with an emotional event and certain stuff just falls out like a sieve so um keep doing it just keep using it you're going to remember the stuff you're using most often um yeah i mean don't worry if stuff falls out there's a reason for that you've got to remember you're shopping at the end of the day so keep using <laughs> it a <laughs> little, little, uh, little well, stuff. write
2: your shopping down then you can remember the important stuff like unreal
1: yeah exactly <laughs> Um, let's take one more let's take one more text question, i.e., pre-arranged question, and then we will go to some of the actual questions that people have uh, written. By the way, the precedence goes like this. Number one, if it's pre-asked, we'll give it the top priority. If you use your voice, we'll give you second priority. And if it's ri- if it's uh, written down in hash AMA Live channel, you'll still get a chance, but it'll be third priority because we like voices. So Sam, do you want to read that question? It's long. <laughs> Or just summarizing yeah, so questions. Disabling
2: earlier. a bunch of notifications as well. So my ears were slightly ringing because they all sound as you disable
1: them. Yeah, um, it yes. It seems anyway. to forget that, like I've told it that a
2: thousand times. <laughs> that I don't want every time I do a new <laughs> Yeah. So this is the one. Okay. I have an unrelated question to C++ Pro, but I but it's relevant, I hope. This one here. Mm. Um, I'm using Blender. I took your basic Blender course. Awesome. Thank you. When importing a model from Blender into Unreal 4... What should the world scale be? I've read it should be zero point zero one, but when I import the model into UE, it's just too small. Also, any rig I have doesn't work. Um, is, I'm not the guy really to ask about Blender stuff. Do you know more about this, Ben?
1: I seem to remember it was one. Um, I'm going back a long way. At the end of the day, if you don't, if you, if you if it's completely wrong. Then change it by a couple of orders of magnitude, meaning if 0.01 doesn't work, try 1. Um, and then see. use something of reference in the Unreal game. So for instance, if you're using the starter scene, you know roughly what a meter looks like because you can see the size of the table. And it won't take you many attempts to find out what's right. It's going to be 1.1, etc. Um, I don't remember exactly what I, what I had to use. I think one Blender unit is one Unreal unit from memory. So try that um and as a general principle put put it put the blender model in the scene where there's something of reference like the starter scene and if for instance the thing you built in blender is a meter high and you put it in and it ends up like this little tiny thing on the table then it's probably 100 times too small right if the thing should be a meter and it's like a centimeter it's 100 times too small so just kind of use your common sense uh but i would start by trying a uh, 100 times bigger so one blender unit one yeah. real unit
2: and I don't think I've got anything particularly useful to say about rigs because I've never tried exporting a rig from Blender. Um, all I know is it's like that you need to have something. There's a few things in Unreal that you need to have. So if you can go about trying to find um, how you can produce these in Blender. So you need to have a skeleton asset in Unreal, um, which is kind of this idea of what the bones are and how the bones are arranged. So essentially... Your, your rig um, and then there will be something about the mesh which maps uh, those bones to particular vertices and which vertices it has influence over um, and then you're going to obviously have animations probably if you're rigging this thing so you need to be able to export the animations as well as a separate thing the animations in unreal de- are dependent upon a skeleton but not necessarily upon the particular mesh so they're all about moving that skeleton around and then the mesh w- should conform to where your skeleton has been positioned. That's the general principles behind that, but unfortunately I've never done it in Blender, so I can't really give you more on that. And the other thing to say about scale is um, that obviously the difference is going to be what the units are. Uh, In Unreal, your units are centimeters, I believe, Um, whereas in many programs, the basic unit is a meter, which kind of makes sense. So if you... that's why one is a scale being suggested there. But as Ben said, there may be like if you're doing an export, it might be the blenders already taking that into account. So you might just need to use one. We'll
3: have
1: to see. I think it is. Just, I think it is one. Just, from a quick just hunt around. <clears throat>
3: All
1: right. I'm going to take a text chat question from SD because it just caught my eye. So SD has our, unless Gary's here. Let me just see if Gary's in and then I'll let Gary answer it. Um, Gary is here. Gary, if you want to answer this, you can, or just chirp in after I've answered it and, uh, and, and correct me. So Estes says, I have a small question. It's actually kind of a huge question it's from Project Boost. So, uh, and this was today at 2105 in hash AMA Live. He said he's defined a constant float called tau. Tau is a very sophisticated thing. It's two pi. Um, and so he's called this thing tau, very cool, I like that. And then he's printed out math f dot sine of tau divided by four. So why is it one? I think he's asking a couple of questions. What does mathf.sign does? It takes the sine value of a, of um, of whatever you put into it. So that graphic that I've shared with you, if you put in a, a value like pi, you'll see that the sine of pi is zero because where it says pi on the x-axis, it's zero on the y-axis. If you took pi sine of half pi, you'd get one. And that's exactly what you've done there, SD, is you've defined tau as two pi. You've divided that by four, so you've gone from two to pi to half a pi. And you said, what's sine of half a pi It's given you one. So that graphic shows you what it is. Sine tells you about circular motion, basically. It tells you, if you imagine that you had a pencil on a a circle on a disc and it was going round, and then you pulled a piece of paper under it, uh, as this pencil goes round on a disc, what you would get is a perfect sine wave if you pulled your bit of paper at a constant speed. So it's all to do with circles and angles. And uh, there's a brief answer. Gary, if you're listening and able to speak, then do you want to add anything else or...
4: Setter. Yep, I, I just caught the end of that. So I wasn't on my computer. I just heard my name called from across the room,
2: um, <laughs> from, from across the airwaves. You weren't even logged in to Discord yet. You were well, like, I was in
4: another room. I was like, Gary. I was like, oh, well, better better turn up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm um, Gary. Yeah, what you said is, course, sounds
4: about right. So yeah, you said tau is two pi, which it is. So if you're dividing that by four, you're getting half a pi, which would be one.
2: I yeah, feel yeah. really ignorant because I never, I've i never come across tau as an abbreviation there. Um, um, yeah. well, for, tau for is pi. great,
4: especially if you're using the unit circle um, to go yeah. off topic and go mathy at you. Uh, so pi is half a turn around the circle. Uh, two pi is a full turn. So if you call two pi tau, you end up getting rid of this half pi as mm. a quarter turn and it turns into one quarter tau. So it tells you how many times you're, how, what's the kind of section you're, how many sections you're dealing with around the circle. So it makes it really easy.
2: Yeah, yeah it no, makes total, make total sense, but I've, I've always used pi, so that's why I've never come
1: across it. Yeah, in physics, yeah. two pi shows up all over the place, and physicists wish that we'd have used humanity to used tau in the first place. So anyway, that's the course yes. that Gary's teaching, that's the maths for games course, that's what you need and uh, jobs are good. Un. All right, had better see if we can take a voice question next. Anybody got any voice questions? Not uh, questions I got one. Go for it. What's your name? Where do you come from? And what's your question?
0: Uh, hello, my name is Bruno. I come from Croatia.
1: Wicked,
0: uh, hello, Bruno. Hello. Uh, so, like, my question is, essentially, I had to abandon programming for quite a while now because I have to focus on uh, school and college and whatnot. But I plan to get uh, back into it a little later. So what my question is, I guess, will I have to relearn everything or like?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. You're screwed now. I mean, you've got no chance. I'd give up <sighs> completely now. That's, that's my idea. No, I'm being, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm being really silly. I, I think it's a bit like riding a bike that it'll be hard when you first start again or riding a unicycle or something. It'll be hard when you first start again, but it'll come back to you surprisingly quickly. I think it'll only be a matter yeah. of weeks before you can pick up where you left off. So I really wouldn't worry.
0: Okay, thank you very much. You're
1: welcome. Wicked, or any other take...
2: voice questions before we uh, go back question? to have a look at the doc? I, uh, I had a voice question. Thanks, slide one. Introduce uh, uh, he... you like yourself, ask us, what the... ask us the question. I'm Carlum I'm from the U.S. Um, my question is for the Unreal like C++ course that has the currently has the battle tanks at the end. When I know there's a remaster in the works for the final section. When can we expect that remaster? Soon. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, this is definitely the the burning question, isn't it? Um, we haven't got a particular commitment on that, but what I can tell you is where we currently are with things. So, at the moment, we have got almost all of the prototype for that last section in place, which is a third-person shooter project, uh, as yet unnamed. Um, and it's rather well, funny well, because both teams
1: me- about its name today, weren't there? Okay. Yeah, there were
2: discussions about the name. We haven't yet come up with one, so maybe you guys can start helping by uh, throwing some ideas for a third-person shooter in the name in, in the chat. Um, we've had lots of silly ones, obviously. Um, now, the the th- yeah, me and Rick have both been referring to it as the first-person shooter project, whereas, like, obviously it's not because it's a third-person. Um, yeah, so... That's pretty much ready to start recording, so that doesn't necessarily mean a lot to you, but I think that means it's a couple of months away um, at the most from being recorded. The issue is... Is it
1: being finished or started, Sam, to be clear on that? A
2: couple of months away from being finished, I think, um, potentially, or, or, you know, well in progress, seeing lectures, I think. I put,
1: by the way, in the chat a link to one of Sam's updates on the Unreal Course Community Facebook group, which just gives you a little uh, taster of what he's making. And I think, Sam, maybe at the same time, you could answer the question as to what's happening about the battle tank section
2: yeah exactly that's what that's what i wanted to say is because the initial thinking was that we would just go into this and that would be the last section but having prototyped it i feel like it's a big step up from the building escape um and there's a lot of concepts being introduced here i wanted to do some ai i want with behavior trees i wanted to do animation with skeletal meshes and stuff like that um using rather than creating the animations but still it's quite complicated um so with all of that going on and the needing to introduce stuff from the game framework such as the game mode player controller ai controller pawns characters all of that stuff it's a bit overwhelming so i think the best thing for us to do is to have a section in between that and the um third person so that's going to be going the place of battle tank that one's not yet prototyped so we may be in a situation where folks who are eager will be able to take some first yeah, some third person shooter content uh before that but you might need to wait a little bit longer to get content um up and running for for that in between stage the one that's going to replace the battle tank section that's currently where we stand on that all right, thank you. Also, is there any chance we can get a slow-mode for the current channel?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Mark's listening. Mark, if you're listening, or Obo, or any of the moderators, if any of the moderators listening, is there a is there a slow-mode for the... Ch- Are you saying about the hash AMA live channel chat? You want to slow yeah. it down a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, I've tried. I don't know, to be honest. Um, but if one of the mods, if any of the mods are listening, then I can see Oboe Shapes typing. Then maybe somebody could slow that chat down. Um, that would be awesome. So we had Flynn saying he had a voice question. Um, Flynn, take it away. Or don't. <laughs> okay. So the next, the next question in the uh, in the sheet on the Google sheet uh, that we've had is: Will the shooter that is being added to the remaster? Be the last section added, so I think yes. For the moment, it'll it'll take you out to, to a similar level to the current course. Um, yeah, and there'll be a bit of a gap in knowledge before that, as Sam's just said, which we'll add later on. Uh, but yes. So, um, oh, sorry, I- I'm Flynn. Oh. Hello, Flynn.
5: Sorry, I uh, I'm not used to doing push to talk. <laughs> I was oh, uh, I right. was I was calling out. Um, yeah, I'm Flynn. I'm from uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Cool, and. Uh, my question is um, has to do with how, how I struggle to know where to put uh, the code that I'm, the coding, where to put which logics. And so right now, for instance, I'm working on an enemy spawning system and I want and I'm torn between putting that into the game mode where, I've, where it seems to be common to put your spawning logic. or instead maybe making like a dummy actor that just floats in the world unseen that, that, that handles that, that enemy wave spawning logic. I just don't know what's common practice, or um, y- y- you know, uh, where to put, how to know where to put what logic.
1: That's definitely for you, Sam. But relatively briefly, because it's fairly specific, but it's fairly—it's a fairly good general question. So, where do you put yeah, spawning it's... logic in Unreal?
2: Yeah, generally spawning logic—the is the purview of the game mode. Um, that's, yeah, basically it. (laughs) So if you, if you want to know, you generally kind of place spawning player start points around the level, which are your kind of, where can I spawn into areas? And you could probably tag them and, um, you know, add as any sort of information you want to that. But if you want to then have some kind of checking of that, they don't spawn into the same place. That's, that's the game mode. And there are some functions in there, virtual, Virtual functions that allow you to to do that um, and override the behavior, the default spawning behavior, because there is some default spawning behavior. Um, but I don't know off the top of my head what those functions are. So the best thing to do is go and have a look at uh, uh, game mode base.h and have a look for any virtual functions in there that uh, look like they might be useful, basically, and try and override them and see what they do. And have a look at the source code, basically. Hopefully that helps, Flynn.
5: Thanks, Sam. I appreciate that. Can I I just add one more thing? Yep, go for it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, would it be then uh, incorrect to to put any of your enemy spawning logic in a in a dummy actor? Because sometimes it seems like you know, if you add, if you had to add everything to the game mode, it would seem rather bloated.
2: No, I I get that. That makes sense you don't have to add it all to the game mode I think if you add it to a game um to a dummy actor it shouldn't be a problem either um the especially if you've got a lot of spawning logic so in- the other thing that in- you can do to split things out is you can use subclasses as well so you know if you can push something up to a base class um, because you use that spawning logic more or if you don't use that spawning logic a lot then you can put it push it down to a subclass um but yeah you should be able to or maybe you can use components actually i've never tried adding a component to a game mode but it's an actor so presumably you can i've never tried that that'd be an interesting one to
1: try my more general two cents would be just be aware of like is it incorrect there's not really a correct and incorrect there's good practice bad practice but really i always like to say there's actions and consequences there's There's a lot of commercial games out there that are very successful that will have code bases that would make your eyes bleed. Um, But they're still making millions of people highly entertained. Um, I'm not at all advocating bad coding. In fact, we do the opposite. We almost go over the top in in good coding practice. But just just make a slight mental shift from is it incorrect to what would the consequences of doing it be? Because there will always be pros and cons. There are good patterns, good practices. That's what we really work hard to teach. Few things that work are actually strictly incorrect if they work. Remember, at the end of the day, when the players playing your game, they don't know how it's put together. It's you that's going to suffer when you come to try and update your game, change it, patch it, or whatever. If you've written your code like a sack of beep, so <laughs> just as a bit of perspective. Yeah, and i i
2: i don't think I don't think it's wrong to put it in a dummy actor at all. So I, I think you'll be absolutely fine. Um, I don't know whether I don't know the requirements of your game. I don't know whether you have replication and stuff like that. Um, that's the only thing that I would say is a good reason to put that sort of stuff in a game mode is because the game mode tends to be the place that deals with all of the net code and um, you know the, the connections between players and where they get spawned after they... So you tend to have the callbacks that you need in that location, but you can then just like f- f- fob that off onto a dummy actor if you wanted to, so that would be fine too.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So somebody's asked in the in the chat. House, Zrn has asked, how's Fortnite coded? Um, carefully, with a lot of people, I would have thought. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure it'll be a combination of C++. I I don't know, to be honest. But I'd be very very surprised if it's anything but a combination of C plus plus and Blueprint. Um, yeah. That's something. Yeah. Almost
2: know. certainly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're talking about Blueprint. We have another question. Um, I'm going to not even give it a question number. There it is. Uh, this is from who's it from? Anonymous question asker. Um, is that right? Carlos Carlos says uh, I would like to do a simple multiplayer game but I only know Blueprints. Is it possible to do a multiplayer game only with Blueprints? Uh, I believe yes and if possible how? um... I
2: think this is a yes and no question so it's going to depend on what your requirements are. There are some things that uh, the multiplayer system eventually breaks down in Blueprint and you need to drop to a little bit of C++. Uh, That said you can make that as minimal as possible, write a little bit of C++, and then get back out to Blueprint. So there's no, no, you know, just, if you don't want to know any C++, then it might be a problem, depending on what your requirements are.
1: Yeah, and if you're making a game here, and you are, you know, you can flow in Blueprint, and you're making the thing, and you know, and you love Blueprint, and you've got one silly little thing that he's doing in C++, please don't take two years to learn C++ yourself to do that one little thing badly. No offense. Just ask somebody else to help you. You know, if you really, if yeah. you get on with Blueprint, just reach out to somebody who loves C++. And there's plenty of people who hate Blueprint. They're like, I don't want to hit Blueprint. You know, I don't want to touch that stuff. And who would love to write your, your C++ code to interface with your Blueprint. So just really consider you don't need to do it yourself if that's not yeah. your thing. Because from a standing start. Ask on like, a
2: forum, to to ask time. on our Discord channel. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody will help you.
1: Who, not how. It's always mad how disease is when people ask how prematurely. Ask who. So <laughs> who. So when you hear yourself, how would I do this in C++? It's like, oh, no, whoops. Who would do this in C++ for me? Ah, Easier. Lots of enthusiastic people would love to do it just to show off half the time. All right. Let's take a voice question. If anybody has a voice. Hello, guys. Can Hello. I ask Hello a guys. question? Oh, two at once. But let's go with the first Who's one. Who's first? Say, Hello, guys.
0: Maybe it was. Hello, me. guys. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you first. Okay, hello. Oh, uh, guys, I am Sandary from Finland. Hello Glad to be here. Anyway, why well, I just wanted to ask what the hell is a quaternion? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> <for> Gary you. <laughs> 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 I'm, gonna, I'm
1: gonna throw my hands up points in here. To it's trouble. A, it's a horrible set of four complex numbers and I'm gonna leave it to Gary to confuse you. Gary, confuse away. Or don't have I really dumped it on you? Should I don't? Do but isn't that? it i times j
2: times k equals minus one or something like that?
1: Yeah, man. there's <laughs> So many answers to that question. <laughs> wiki, wiki quaternion. Um, eyes glaze over. Um, watch, watch Gary's maths course in a few weeks' time or months' time when he's added quaternions. How's that for a suggestion? I think,
2: yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, I think in
2: practice course. you don't need to worry about the. Details of how a quaternion works. It's,
3: so
0: it, I just need to memorize all the like the Unity commands. Unity, yeah,
2: well, exactly. C# exactly. commands. It's it's really not the, the, a quaternion. Just think of it as it represents a rotation. That's all you need to know about it. And if you if you want to know like what a rotation is, the, I think the easiest way of thinking about a rotation is it's an angle it, It's an angle and an axis. So it's like you stick a pencil through the object, that's your axis, and then you rotate that pencil and that's your angle. And that can describe any rotation is going to be the angle and the axis. Um, that's the important thing to remember about rotations, and quaternions are just the way that they're implemented.
1: Um, nin, nin, ninjin 42 has a nice way of saying this says they're like colors, just mix them together. There are a couple of more general things about rotations that you just just be aware of, yeah, that you can re- represent them multiple different ways, quaternions, Euler angles, and others. Mm-hmm. They are order dependent. So if I if you took your arm, for instance, I said, you know, lift your arm at the shoulder and then bend it at the elbow, that may not give you the same end result as bending it at the elbow and then lifting it at the shoulder. If you've got things that are jointed and joined onto each other, the order that you do rotations in it can make a difference, which is different to translations. If I say move five steps forward and then move two steps left, you, you know you're going to end up in the same place as moving two steps left and then going five steps forward. Not the case of rotation. So they're order sensitive or can be. They can be represented in lots of different formats, and those different formats have <laughs> pros and cons. Um, pros and cons like how intuitively are they to understand? Um, Pros and cons like how easy are they to uh, deal with. Pros and cons like something called Gimbal Lock, which you could look up, which is you can get into a situation where you're stuck and you can't rotate anymore. So you could look up things like Gimbal Lock, look up different um, rotation formats. You're basically going to be stuck with Euler angles and with um, Quaternions will be two of the main things you'll use. And yeah, um, yeah that's enough on those for the moment. For defini- more definitive answers, look at the Maths for Games course it's being built into our site in early access now it will be in um it'll be appearing on udemy uh shortly and um yeah that's that yeah thanks no worries and we uh, have my name again of course it's a now, way, so sensible price, you yes, did please <laughs> right, go for it
4: i come in at gimbal lock and that's basically all you need to know <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gimbal you, lock. Ca- you come in at gimbal Yeah. So um, um, this chat, you you too, who's asking all these questions in a massive image. Um, cool. It's very uh, eye catching. I still need to kind of give the same precedence to everybody else. I'm not sure about calling me Ban Tris Trissim rather than Ben Trissim, Whether you're trying to ban me or what, I don't know. But uh, where should we go? Let's go to the. Um, Let's go to the pre-asked questions again and, and slap this puppy in the chat. Uh, what I plan to do is scroll up the chat a bit later, you know, giving it the lowest precedence. We'll take a few sprinkles from it as they catch my eye, and then we'll scroll through it later. So there's a question. Gary, do you want to do you want to exercise your vocal cords and read that one out? If you're as you seem to have joined us, uh, where
4: am I? What am I asking? I'm Ash, not
1: Ash AMA live channel and um, question I just posted. I'm new to into programming and really want to be a gameplay engineer. You don't have to answer it, by the way. I mean, ask it or anything. You can do what you like. Just sort of give you the opportunity. Basically, this dude wants to be a a gameplay engineer. How does he move forward? He doesn't know how to learn Unreal. So the way to learn uh, a way to learn Unreal is with our complete Unreal Developer Course. If you're struggling, my my answer
4: would be don't pick uh, pick Unity.
1: (laughs) 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 This is an Unreal. Unreal But that's entirely the wrong
4: AMA. So I'm just (laughs) to Shut Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. The
1: other the other thing to look at is the Unreal Blueprint course of ours, of course, because if you're not getting on with C plus then blueprints are very very valid way of coding. In Unreal, without needing to get your hands and other bits of your body dirty with uh, C plus. I'll yeah. give you a link to that. in But mind. yeah,
2: basically, figure out how you're going to move on from completing our course after you've completed our course, because it sounds like you haven't yet. So um, once you've done that, you'll probably it'll probably be a lot clearer what your next Ooh. step should be and what what the gaps in your knowledge are and how you want to do things. You know, pro- probably the best thing is just going to be to make a bunch of games once you've completed our course. You should be able to do that. So. That's what I recommend. Action yeah.
1: creation. Like, I'd also action.
4: add to that as well that if you want to be a gameplay engineer, then as you go through the course, find out what kind of topics you like during that course. And then um potentially if you want to specialize in one of those, so you might find that you prefer level design, be a level designer. You might be into AI, so delve into that a bit deeper and just pick what you like, really. That's that's what I did.
1: Yeah, just keep moving, keep doing stuff. As I say, action ke- creates clarity. So if you're not clear from where you're standing, you'll find out after having done a bunch of stuff, you'll be a lot clearer just because you've done a lot of stuff. You'll have a load of new questions, but there'll be better quality questions. There'll be deeper questions. So so yeah, awesome. By the way, guys, I, at the our, our site, gamedev.tv, you may have noticed that up until this point, our prices have been held at the RRP on Udemy. We now have, thanks to Sam's awesome coding, sensible site-wide discounts across the channel to help you guys out during these COVID times. So if you want to slam the courses now on the site, that this is the time to do it. Yeah,
2: you will have to go back to the all courses to see the discount coupon. But, yeah. So I think what you're the main
1: gamedev.tv homepage. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's take another voice question if we have. Hello. Hello. Can I have a
0: question? Hi.
1: Oh. So we'll go with the first one, whatever that was first.
0: Right. Hello. Who so Cambridge. yeah. I'm Silard and I live in Cambridge.
1: Cambridge is in Cambridge. UK. Good evening, everyone.
0: Sorry. Cambridge, UK. Yeah, UK. Yeah. Yes.
1: UK. Oh my God, you're just—I could—I could spit at you from where I live. <laughs> <laughs> Except don't, you might spread some disease Yeah, exactly, I won't, don't worry That's <laughs> cool. I live just like Cambridge too, so. Maybe we'll meet up one day When we're allowed to actually meet other human beings again
0: Maybe, who knows <laughs> Alright, awesome. so my question Would be unrelated So if awesome. I want to load a stream level Which has yep. another level In it, how would you yep. do that Because I think If you load the level which has another Stream level in it, then yep. only just not loads it. Doesn't load the streaming level? Yeah, if if you have another one. So basically my lighting is on another level. Yeah. And I want to use it for like ten other levels. And yes. I want to change between streaming levels if I finish a level, right? Yeah. And when I when I load the next one, basically the lighting just disappears. Um
2: I haven't got too much experience with streaming levels off the top of my head. Um, so, there are some example projects, I believe, that use streaming le- levels. I would probably start by looking at how they deal with it. Uh, and also, I believe there are a couple of the Unreal live streams that deal with this. Have you already taken a look at, lo- look at those?
0: Uh, actually, I have a workaround, so if I just load the lighting separately and then just load the levels separately, then it works. But it's a bit that weird. Doesn't,
2: Yeah, it doesn't seem right, because obviously there is, you know, that, there's that feature to have multiple levels. Yeah,
0: if I just, um, you know, keep the lighting in a different level itself and... It might, be that
2: you, it might be that you have to mark the lighting level to not be unloaded. Uh, there might be a way that you have to do it like that. Um, so that when you change level, essentially, it doesn't reload. It might be expecting you to do that. But.
1: So I've posted in the hash AMA for you just now something that may be completely irrelevant or may have just luckily hit on the mark. Uh, a doc, One of the Unreal Engine docs about level, sub-level streaming and stuff. So take a look at that, see if it's relevant. may not be kind of plucked it out of the air. Um, but as this is a very deep and specific question, it won't be a, the answer. Won't be of benefit to everybody. So if you're still stuck, ask in the Udemy Q and A. Then the, your 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 um your teaching assistant. The general pattern is the teaching assistant. If they're stuck, i.e., Dan, uh, he will then raise it, and eventually um, one of the instructors will get to it. So uh, it's going to send it through the system if you're still stuck. Yes, it's crux. I'm just seeing your question immediately. It's a UE4 focused. Um, AMA, ZRN's asked a question, can you use multiple languages to make a game? Uh, ZRN, clarify your question whether you mean multiple programming languages or multiple languages as in English, French, German. Um, and then we can answer that. Um, or I could just answer both. In some engines, you can use multiple languages. For instance, in Unreal, you can use Blueprint and C++. They're different languages. Um, if you mean languages like German, English, etc., then yes, there's an internationalization system for that in most engines, including Unity and Unreal.
2: I think we have another voice
1: question. um, Yeah, two at once. What's what's the question? I'm trying to get started on programming
3: in Unreal, but I don't know if it'd be better to start off with Blueprint or C++. Which one would you suggest?
2: Um, well, so uh, so you're very faint, but I think the question I'll just repeat it for everyone in case they didn't hear you um, was just starting out in programming. What's the is it best to start off with blueprint Blueprint or Unreal? Well, it's really going to depend on what your goals are in learning programming. If you want to learn C plus plus and that's you know that's interesting to you, you, want to learn kind of get get down to the nitty gritty, understand how. The core of your computer works. Then C is probably the way to go. If you just want to go in and get some quick wins, um, Blueprint I can highly recommend because it's a really visual way to get to grips with programming as a starting play as a starting point. You can see whether you enjoy it. You can get something up and running and have a lot of fun. And then you can always choose to dive into c afterwards as well, and you'll have a good starting point. There's a lot of transferable skills from having learnt blueprint. you can then go over to c plus plus and go, oh, okay, I kind of get this, it's like those nodes, but now it's written in text it's kind of diff- different in that way, but the fundamental concepts are the same, so the or a lot of the concepts are the same, I should say so um I would say either, but if you're it on the fence how your brain be yeah. Yeah, maybe try Blueprint. But um, obviously C++ is far more traditional in the programming sense, in the sense that you're using a text editor and you're compiling things. And it's got you know there's the traditional syntax that you see in a lot of other languages, so it'll give you a leg up on learning other languages as well. Um, a Blueprint has, is less traditional that way because it's nodes. But yeah, if I'd say try them both for a week and see which one you prefer, basically.
1: Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. At the end of the day, when you get to a certain level in Unreal, you're going to need both. Uh, any sensible Unreal project um, will always use Blueprint, and most games will use some C++. You, you kind of can't avoid Blueprint, but you can just about avoid C++ unless you hit, like, like, one of the earlier questions about something deep in multiplayer. or There's a whole load of cases, actually, where you'll need C++, but you'll need both at the end of the day. So if you're trying to get started, the important thing is getting momentum. And then when you do so that when you do get to the hard stuff, you've got enough reasons why to persevere and get through it. So Sam's advice to just, you know, try both and see which one kind of naturally you have a lot more progression with. Just use that to get the momentum to start with. And then eventually you're going to hit something that's tricky and either don't do it because somebody else could do it. You could decide I'm not doing you could very validly say, I don't get on with C++. I'm never going to do any. Or you could say the same blueprint. Um, Remember that you can work with other people. Uh, as well, and uh, you don't have to learn it all yourself. But to start with, get some momentum. Just go with whatever's flowing best and what you're enjoying doing the most, and losing track of time doing. Um, how do you know what how much time you spent on something? You lost track of time. Hmm, tricky. Mm. Um, okay. Are there any other voice questions? Sure. Come yeah, hey. on. Whoa. Okay. Go with the guy who started with Shaw.
2: <laughs> That's me, I guess. Hi, Dimitri. You're from Germany. Um, this is, uh, regarding a question I posted in community, the collision in, in VR, where the character seems to behave differently in a tunnel mesh
5: and clips through the inner walls, uh, walls of the, the tunnel, uh, opposed to if I play it in a normal game mode with just keyboard controls, um, the collision works perfectly and I just can't grasp what's, what's the reason
2: there. Um, the, the thing I would consider is just whether you've got, I mean, uh, we're, th- this is quite specific, so I'll um, be brief because I'm sure we'll get it sorted out on the QA. Sure. Um But, you know, I think the thing that's different in a VR game is that you have the hand controllers. Um, and so it might be some collision related to that. So if, they, if the hand controllers are causing some sort of issue, um, but otherwise I, yeah, I'm not, not sure without looking more in, in depth so uh, I think this is this wouldn't be the, the most appropriate way to look at it so that's why
5: okay thanks
2: no problem was there another there was another voice question that was queuing up behind that one uh, uh yeah uh... oh sorry <laughs> all
1: three <laughs> uh-huh. voice question all three I'll
0: go, I'll go ahead, I'll now, go ahead, ahead me <laughs>
1: So yeah, a voice question from somebody who hasn't asked a question yet. Let's have that.
0: Uh, yeah, I have one. Cool. Go for it. Yeah, so hi, I'm from, I'm from India, currently living in UK, Newcastle, and okay. I have a question that uh, if I want to make a game using pure C++ and CMake and but I want to implement machine learning. So is there any like no well known library which
2: Machine learning C++, I I kind of cut off at the end there, but I think you're basically saying you want to use CMake pure C++ and do machine learning in your game. Um, Yes. Did you say something about VR or did you say pure? Was that just, yeah, not VR.
0: No, no VR. It's just pure C++ using Mm
2: CMake. So are you asking about libraries for the game side of things or libraries for the machine learning side of things?
0: Basically basically libraries for the games with using a library or without a library. Um why
2: wouldn't you use a game engine?
0: Uh basically the well, client asked me to use pure
2: C. Okay. One of those situations. Um well I would I would push them in terms of like if they if they don't have a good reason for going down this pure C++ route, there's so much that you can do with a game engine. Otherwise, I think, you, you know, you, if you're looking at pure C++, then I think you're going to be going down the route of um, doing your own kind of OpenGL stuff, which is, is going to be an awful lot more work. Um, you know, game engines are there for a reason. So, um, yeah, I, d- I, I wouldn't know what to suggest. We haven't really delved into the world... Of teaching pure C plus game development, and with with good reason, basically because it's, um, well, in the current landscape, it's kind of not. I wouldn't advise it. You know, it's there's there's little little to recommend it. it you know, you might squeeze out extra performance, but at the level of most of our students, that's not necessary. Um, you know, and Unreal is going to be far better optimized than anything you can sp- spend your time on. Um, as an ind- individual developer so or or you might want to get a really small footprint but again you know things like unity are trying very hard to get very small footprint games um, so yeah i would just reconsider not using using pure c++ basically it's fine yeah. it's fine as a way to learn about c++ and opengl but if you're trying to actually produce something you're going to be far more productive using um, an engine
0: gotcha we were actually able to recreate the entire ghost game using plus. so we already ha- still had faced a lot of open geo issues
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah I think that, that that would be what you'd see
1: yeah try and add some new value to the world don't recreate the wheel if possible Reinvent the wheel okay so um, any other voice questions and then we'll hello yeah, hello up. Oh, cool. We'll go with the first with whoever was the first there.
4: Hi, um, uh, just about the um, the Blender course that, that we've had. I've not quite finished it, but it was a, it's been a huge success, and I'm just uh, my question would be: Would you ever consider doing another three D package uh, tutorial course in another software?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, We're trying to stay f- focused on Unreal, but we'd, I will quickly answer it. So, yes, we would consider it if there was anything sufficiently uh, low. What, what would you want? If, if there's something low friction and uh, that's, that's going to work for everyone and it's going to work with Unity and Unreal, then possibly. So what, what, what were you thinking? Uh,
4: I was thinking maybe of uh, sort of Houdini, uh, because I know that's the, the next uh, big, powerful software which which is available on a student uh free for students um which would be accessible for for everybody during their learning uh, learning journey i suppose
1: yeah so, so with something like houdini i would say that's the first time i've ever heard anybody ask for it so um we wouldn't consider doing it until it's not the first time we've heard anybody ask for it <laughs> um maya is something people ask for quite a lot but the licensing is not quite as clear-cut that that it's going to be totally easy for somebody to download use completely free forever so um and blender kind of does everything you need so our focus at the moment is on is on blender and our new vertical focus is going to be on 2d art and drawing so our our vision for the next three years is to focus on unity blender unreal and 2d art Um, but that well at least for the next year that might change over like a three-year time scale there was another clarifying question coming in from somebody
2: Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, um, 3DS Max does do a free year uh, uh, student account. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Three-year
1: three or three-one-year? Three for three. Free three for three years. years. Yeah. yeah. If you, and, and what do you have to do to validate yourself as a student with them at the moment? Oh, um, it's a long time since I've done it, actually. Um, I think you have to prove to them that you're a student Jump of some capacity. Some hoops, yeah. So we need to make sure that people who come on our course have a guaranteed way of being able to take use the product without any nasty hoops to jump through one of the things we considered doing was getting ourselves set up as a um as an institution that can issue you with like international student identity cards etc uh ISIC was a company that we were going to work with but it was a question of funding that so we uh, that's still on the back burner is to say pick pick a piece of software that uh, and if it has one of the ways that it validates is I just need your ISIC card number your, your international student identity card number if we then get a deal with ISIC and we are speaking to them that we can provide you guys with ISIC cards for free that's the difficult bit then we would do it because it'd be go cool here's your ISIC card your game dev tv branded international student card go use that to get the software you're sorted the problem is getting those cards free because they're not free we'd need somebody to sponsor those but that's not impossible. In fact, that's just given me an idea about a conversation we're having later in the week. So I'll add it to the list. Cool, let's take another unreal focused uh, question if that's all right. I have a question. Oh Hello. Oh, hello. Uh, so we'll go with that. I have a question one to start with.
3: Hello, that would be me. <laughs> I mean, you guys' questions.
1: Whoa, and definitely. So the, the, that would be me person, please, for the moment. And somebody's got a really bad connection who probably needs to stop transmitting for a minute.
0: Yeah.
3: I I was the one who said question. I don't know if I'm good to go.
1: Yeah. Grim Reaper, I think. Yeah, go for it.
3: I'm Scipio. I was the one who said I have a question, but I'll ju- I'll just keep going if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I was just, just going, uh, yeah. you guys, you guys uh, very briefly in your course for the 4.1x C plus plus. You guys very briefly touch over procedural generation, and it's great. It was um, you know obviously you probably couldn't make a whole course out of it, but maybe. Uh, in the near future, I would uh, request from me would be like, maybe some sort of like procedural assets classes, like, you know, maybe just using simple BSP brushes just to make like, just a dinky little procedural ladder and stuff. And just maybe like working with instance meshes more, and kind of learning about how the construction script works. Or maybe that's in some courses that I haven't taken yet. But that's definitely a, a little point I liked brushing over in one of the previous courses. Also, yeah um, we
2: on. haven't currently got plans to do a procedural um section at the moment just because of the you know it's it's uh, we're, we're focusing a lot on the beginner content and getting getting as many beginners off the ground as possible um that said um you were talking about instance me- instanced meshes and stuff like that in Unreal. We do cover that in the v r course so if you wanted to learn particularly about using those that's that's available. Um, but we currently don't have any plans to do proceed proc gen procedural generation because, um, yeah, because, because of, of the size of the, the course, basically it'd take us a very long time to make and, um, we wouldn't have that many people at, not as many people take it. So it's, it's a difficult one for us to, 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 yeah, generate funds for, um, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Yeah. I mean, this is, but, but it is, to get...
1: sorry, sorry, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, this year our focus is to get really good at, we've realised it's a job to completely, it's pretty obvious, but we've really realised how much of a job it is just to keep the main beginner courses we've got up to date. So our real focus now is to have the team to keep all of the Unity, Blender and Unreal courses up to date, brand new projects coming out regularly, latest versions of software being used, and have the team to do that and have some excess capacity to then explore all these other areas. But our first priority is to make sure that the basic beginner journeys are constantly refreshed, constantly up to date, and constantly great. Um, We'll automatically get a little bit of excess capacity from that to do all sorts of experimental things. Um, So it's just not going to come this year, this calendar year, but you know, uh,
2: and it, yeah, we, I mean, you know I, we're, yeah, we're I don't want to be entirely class. dismissive of it because we get a lot of requests for those yeah. kinds of things, and we and we would really enjoy making a course on that. Um, it's just a, a question of having to weigh it against uh, making sure we keep the beginner stuff as up to date as as possible. Really.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely, I agree. Thank you for your response. I do agree that it wouldn't, pro- you know, probably be a good candidate for a whole course. But yeah. No. I, I great viewpoint on it.
1: All right, so uh, let's just look at the time. I think we will stop on the hour. In fact, a little, just a little bit before the hour, giving us five minutes, so that the recording is not onerously long, um, and also leave you guys hungry for the next one. So I'm going to just randomly pick one from the chat, because the chat has been well underserved, and then uh, we will try and take another pre-arranged question. Sam, if you'd like to queue up after after me, plucking one from the chat, something that you uh, you fancy answering from the spreadsheet. One last one from the spreadsheet. Yep. Um, oh, we should probably grey out the ones we've answered if you wouldn't mind doing that as well, otherwise we're going to lose track.
2: Yep, we can probably do that afterwards as well.
1: Yeah, I'm going to just... So there's the typical questions in the chat like, you know, should I start with Unreal or Unity? We've covered that a million times, we've got blog posts on it. Just start with both and see which one you like the most. Um, we've got quite a few different questions across the board. Uh, nothing's really stuck out. Um, Mm. This is an interesting one from Chris, not a question related to UE directly, but more of a general question. Usually a developer faces more than one single type of problem, systems, game mechanics, and so on. What do you recommend to analyse or abstract a requirement that could come from a personal project or professional job before coding? So how do you think about a problem before just diving into the to the code? Um, Whoever's got like a lot of noise in the background, it might be Grim Reaper. Maybe whoever's have a look on the list of uh, people, and whoever's not got a mute again. I had them. I
2: had a mute on somebody to, uh, to who was making a bit of noise in the background. Yeah, so.
1: it's not their fault; they're trying, but there's just some background. So uh, uh, lots of good ways to abstract before you answer a question. But, you know, don't don't underestimate pen and paper, whiteboards, etc. And um, do some googling. Look at what other models people have, the other ways people have thought about them. But also don't be shy to do a little bit of diving in as well. But you're just very you're right to be wary of diving in too much to the details and getting stuck in the weeds before you've got the general picture. But sometimes diving in and actually getting some work done um, can give you a better feel for it. Again, action creates clarity. So, I mean, personally, discussing with other people can be a very good way of doing it. If you're an extrovert, Uh, if you're more of an introvert, then uh, I guess Sam should answer diagrams, sitting down with a pen and paper, thinking it through, looking up other people's opinions? What other stuff would you do, Sam, when trying to abstract a problem before solving it?
2: Um, I generally sit down with a blank sheet of paper, yeah, and draw diagrams a lot. I often ask myself questions in in there, so I kind of like do an audit of all the questions and things that I don't know. Um, and then a, some some aspect of abstraction is also just going to be practice so having having done it a lot and having um seen other people abstract things reading other people's code for example if you're talking if you're for if talking about abstracting concepts in code then it can be really enlightening to read other people's projects and code and see Oh, they you know they architected it like this. I wouldn't have thought of that, but it you know it seems very logical, you know, it seems to make sense that way. And then you end up with a kind of um a library of of different ways people have done things. And um, for example, I found that really useful even going between Unreal and Unity, the fact that Unreal have their game framework means that you can take a lot of those abstractions, the idea that you've got a player control that possesses a pawn. That sort of stuff, you can go and take it over into Unity and recreate some of those abstractions uh, when it's appropriate, for example, when you've got a character-based game.
1: Cool. Thank you, Sam. Um, so I think we better start winding down. Anybody got any really burning question? Or do any of the moderators see like a general theme we might have missed uh, that we need to answer, yes. either shout-up in voice or shout-up in, uh, in the
0: group? What do we see? I have a Go for it. Um, I asked in the chat, but I it got buried real quick. Uh, so um, how good do we need uh, to be to start earning money from making games?
1: As a, as a indie or as a... Um...
0: Yes, yes, as indie. Or just for, like for some clients and, you know, to pitch to some people who might be looking for... Any kind of content, even like advertisement, I hear that's pretty hot this that
1: In what role? What role are you thinking of
0: playing? In a, in oh, a I, I'm thinking just general. Maybe if uh, if if I guess it could be like up to one or two people. So uh, programming and some design, I.
1: Depends how simple the game is, really. If you're making a super simple, hyper casual game as a starting point, not not amazing. If you're trying to be a part of a two man team making an MMORPG, then come back in ten years. Um, I mean, that would be yeah. one way of looking at it. Sam, what would your?
2: Yeah, well, so I think I think that's part of it is actually, if your goal is to be able to make money as a game developer then there are definitely choices you can make in terms of what's going to you know lead you there better but that's what you're gonna to have to be quite business savvy um and there there's obviously the, i think the most important thing in business which is what it, what you're getting into as an indie developer is that you need to have a lot of Sorry, my, my son's crying in the back um you need to have a lot of attempts, and a lot of your attempts are going to fail. So that's going to be the hardest thing, is that you're going to need to make a lot of games. It's, it's more of a business question than a how... Yeah, but also like just how good you have to... I, I think that's not as important. Um, I think people get overly focused on, I need to be able to make really good games, and then the games will sell themselves. Um, but that's not how it works. You know, you... It, you a lot of good get. Ga- there are lots of good games out there, but you you have to remember that the games that you're seeing made by indies are the exceptions. There's a whole. There's like dozens and dozens of games for that one that failed to get anywhere and nobody ever saw them. So you are seeing a selection bias when you're seeing all the indie games that succeeded. Um, so it's not sufficient to look at those and go, "Well, they made it, so I can." You need to also consider that you're going to have to do it for a long time you're going to have to do it with a lot of attempts
1: yeah and and, and what you learn from those attempts or what i've learned in the past from attempts and failures is is um learning more about myself so that i know what to apply myself to and what not to bother applying myself to and then crafting a role for myself that makes me automatically good at that role because it's uniquely fitting to, to, to what I'm good at and what I'm not good at so you know I put in the chat from adversity I learn, fail allow yourself to fail fail but but use it so you can't learn from failure if you, if you in a way you can't learn from it you do something wrong it goes wrong it's like well you, all you know is not to do that again Then you just get scared what you do want to learn from the failure is how, how your interaction with the thing was how did you get on doing that? How did it make you feel? Did it give you energy? Have you got a have you got a realistic chance of being great at this? Do you need to do it? Could you get somebody else to do it? Is this your thing? You know, these types of introspective fa- failure for the purposes of introspecting about what's right for you can be pretty helpful. Uh, but you can't build on failure. You need to build on your successes. You know, something that worked. Don't yeah. get scared because you failed. Don't be like, oh, I failed at that. Therefore, that whole thing isn't something I should do. No, just keep failing um and eventually you'll 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 find your passion and your flow and it's it's not easy you've just got to yeah. move forward act repeat 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 just yeah. think how a kid learns to walk they just keep falling over until eventually they can walk
2: mm-hmm. Just and luck is an luck is an underrated thing in business as well. Yeah. Right. say so there.
1: Yeah. Just keep trailing until you get lucky. That's a really. We better end Fine. because it's uh, it's gone on. It's great that there's so much hunger for questions, but we're going to have plenty of. We'll have more coming in the in the near future. So, <laughs> in future, when you see an AMA coming up, if you want the best chance of your question getting answered, where you can put your question into a Google form uh, and do that before the AMA. Thank you uh, very much for being here. On. Um, and on on announcements here in Discord for when the next uh, AMA is coming up. Alright, guys, see just you soon. Thanks. Before thanks you soon. disappear. Oh, yeah, Mark. Go just for before it. Before um, Raya got over chatted, unfortunately, but Autodesk has actually changed their student policy. Anyone and anyone can actually sign up now for the three-year student license. It seems they've relaxed their rules on all their products. You just also re- auto-renew after three years. Um, nice. So, yeah, it looks like they've relaxed it all on that. So, he just wanted to make sure everybody was aware of that. So, I thought I'd jump in quick. Yeah, good to cool. know. Thank, Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, awesome.
2: Awesome. All right. Yeah, take care. And stay safe. Yeah.
0: Have fun, everyone. Bye. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all Game Dev.TV courses at courses.gamedev.tv/courses or in the show notes with a 10% discount. Get started with your game development journey today.